0: Red eyes staring back at me.
1: That they're gonna show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point it kinda of converge into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old and at that point it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, way, it couldn't
0: have been a person, I know that.
1: Welcome back to the show, my friends. I am your host, Eric Slodgy. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. The world wants to hear your experience, so please get a hold of me and let's tell yours on a future episode of Uncomfortable. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That is the main way that you, the listener, can help get this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more people coming forward with their experiences. Also, for those of you who might be looking for a little bit of a change of pace... Please head over to Uncomfortable Podcast on YouTube and hit subscribe and the notification bell. That way, you will be made aware every time I upload a video version of the podcast. If you're interested in helping support the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash Uncomfortable Podcast seven seven zero and check out the three levels we have there. See if anything appeals to you, or if a standalone contribution is more your liking, you can do that as well through the red circle link that will be in the show notes below. September 14th, 2024 is the date for Bigfoot and Brews and Spirits 2. Again, being held within the wonderful confines of Sister Lakes Brewing Company. On the Bigfoot side of things, we've already secured Ohio's Amy Boo from Project Zoo Book and the Olympic Project out in Washington. And on the paranormal side, special guest speaker will be a listener favorite, the Archbishop Christina Rake. I am in talks with several other presenters. As they commit, I will make you aware. I'm hoping to have the lineup solidified by the end of January, and tickets will go on sale soon after that, so stay tuned for more info. As for tonight's guest, she is a regular contributor to the L.A. Marzulli monthly newsletter, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. She is a wife, mother, grandmother, and a lifelong abductee. She is here to talk about the current book, Stolen Seed, The Evil Harvest, which chronicles her lifelong experience with these beans. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So if you will... Please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Karen Wilkinson. Karen, welcome to Uncomfortable.
0: Hi, Eric. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here with you, and just grateful that you've got me on the show tonight. And looking forward to our conversation.
1: Thrilled to have you here, dear. It's been a that <laughs> uh, was very very. Happy that you were able to make this happen in such short notice Uh, and I realized you had a cancellation and uh, thankfully it worked out time wise with me and uh, Perfect. I've been looking forward to this Um, This this topic is it's a it's a disturbing one uh, to say the least Mm -hmm. and I've talked to people who have claimed experiences with extraterrestrials I have talked to people and myself uh, have have witnessed uh, unusual things in the sky. Um, I've spoke with one gentleman who literally felt that these things were acting in a way in his life that made him feel like he was an asset to them. Um, like a like a physical asset, like mm-hmm. he was property, but not in right. not not in a derogatory way. He felt that his life was being um, uh, bettered by the involvement with them. Um, he talked about injuries that he had had uh, that were you know one day he woke up and realized he still had full he, he regained full rotation of his his shoulder um so i mean it, it's a it's you know it's a 180 degree turn from from what you know some people experience and they they think this is wonderful and they're benevolent and and everything but your case doesn't seem to be uh quite so sunshiny
0: no uh it it really isn't and you know I, i don't i think everyone has their has a right to their story and their opinions and their feelings about this and especially about these entities and what's happened to them and so for each person that's their own individual story and those are their own individual you know responses to that but for me you know i've i've based on my experiences of lifelong experiences in, in this and so many people I've talked to, um, it hasn't been a uh, positive experience. Um, they haven't been my benevolent benefactors or space brothers, or as Georgia Damski said in the 50s, you know, um, it's it hasn't been a positive experience. Um, it has been more like a Grooming experience, um, you know, more more like um what some people refer to as maybe uh what you would experience in a an abusive relationship where, you know, there's these things happening, but every now and then they throw in something positive to try to make it seem better, you know, to give you, reason you to a reason to stay in it.
1: You use the interesting word, grooming. Yes. Um can you can you expound on that? Absolutely. Roomed for what?
0: Well, I was being taken by non-human entities from as early as I can remember. Um, I have memories from, you know, preschool, pre-K, that kind of thing, where I was terrified of my father's side of the family because they were tall and blonde and thin and fair-haired. And they looked very much like these Nordic entities that I had already, already been encountering um and you know my now now to
1: be fair no i'm sorry to interrupt you but but to be fair your your learning of and your your reference to the nordic nordic entities um you know at at the age that you were at Uh you had no idea about nordic no i mean that's that's something that you learn later in life right and i'm using it you were recognizing the similarities in the way they looked versus. Right. Okay. And I'm
0: using it now just as a reference so people know what I'm talking about, because sure. um, that's something that can be easily referenced in the UFO community is what the Nordic mm-hmm. entities are there. They looked similar to human, but their eyes were very large. Um, their hair was almost like a translucent, like it seemed to pick up whatever color they were around. They were tall, you know, um, thin, uh, icy kind of icy blue, blue, green eyes. Um,
1: typically, typically a very attractive, mm -hmm. um, species. Yeah. That's usually the way they're described as being very appealing in the way that they look,
0: you know, I was just a little kid, so I think they were more scary than anything else to me because their eyes were big, you know, bigger than ours. So it, it definitely was scary to me. Plus I was being taken against my will and as a little kid being taken out of my bed in the middle of the night, I was terrified. And then these beings that I was encountering, you know, were, that was very, very scary for me. So of course, you know, I'm going to translate that to another human who is not an, they weren't, you know, my family, my dad's side of the family were not aliens, you know, not saying anything like that. They were normal human beings, but they, were scary to me because they had similar features. And then as a small child, you know, make those very specific distinctions. And so, you know, that was really scary for me. But from as early as I can remember, I was taken against my will. I didn't want to be taken. I didn't want to be, you know, taken from my bed, taken by these entities, you know, over and over again. Um, it It wasn't a pleasant experience. And and it was an experience experiences that went on throughout my life.
1: Now, it's interesting that you um, you talk about this, uh, like from the standpoint of like this was I'm assuming this is not something that you had to go through some kind of regressive therapy or no. or some kind of hypnosis. You were you were always aware that this was going on.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely aware. And I don't remember every episode, every instance that they took me. Um, a lot of times I only remember to the point that they showed up and then I was switched off, you know, like sleep and then waking up back in my bed with pajamas inside out or, you know, I'm wet the bed because I was scared or whatever. So, um, but I don't remember every episode, but I remember quite a bit of it. I remember different pieces and parts of it and different things that happened. And I always remembered; It was just always with me. And, and I'm not alone in that. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of people ask that question and and I've since met a lot of people who also have similar lifelong memories like mine, you know, it's not something that's easy to talk about. Not a lot of people want to share this and come out with it and, you know, certainly write a book about it. But, um, The maybe- fact
1: that you did the fact that you did write a book about mm-hmm. it and you are willing to go in public now and, and speak on, on your experiences. Yes. Um, this might be, Putting the cart before the horse, but now that you're in that arena where you are out talking about it, you are you're out of the closet, as it were, as far as the experiences having happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, you you've run into and got to talk with other people who have experiences. What what is what is the best thing? for somebody who has had these kind of experiences, either more so than what you have, less than what you have, but n- experiences nonetheless, where do they turn oh. and, and, and how do they get help? And then after that, then let's start to go back to the beginning and, and get into your experiences.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I did this um, and, I'll, and the way that the book came about, maybe will help answer that. Because I started out, I never thought I was going to talk about these things. It was too hard. I've spent a lifetime trying to create this, you know, keep that over here and the rest of my life over here. and not, Compartmentalizing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And I had a um, some PTSD therapy for um, a near-death experience, which I write about. And after that, it gave me the tools that I needed to not only deal with those intense feelings and fears that I was having, but it parlayed into being able to deal with a lifetime of these other fears and issues and everything that had gone along with being taken my whole life. So once I was able to start dealing with it and really allowing myself to think, through it and to be able to talk about it without falling apart completely. And I talked to my, you know, shared the story of my husband and some, and things. Then I, um, I was, I found LA Marzulli. We were, it was kind of a strange how we ended up being able to get together, but we, um, he ended up recording my testimony. I shared with him what had happened to me. Um, and it was really strange because I didn't, didn't think I was going to be able to share everything that had happened. But I really did share quite a bit of what had happened to me. And um, he utilized that footage for the fourth movie in the UFO series he did on, on the abduction phenomenon. And after that, um, I was at a few events with him. And I started talking to people. People came up to me and wanted to talk. They wanted to share their stories. They had had similar experiences and never been able to talk to anyone about it. So they were thanking me for sharing my account and then able to kind of get it off of their chest and just talk about it. And that's another one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I wanted it to be okay for people to talk about it You know, start creating an environment where it's not taboo, where you're not crazy. It's okay. You know these things right. really do happen to a lot of people, more than most people can imagine, and um, and so it kind of brought about a way. You know, I don't know what the best thing is for any one person to do who's been taken, who's been abducted by non-human entities. For me, the best thing to do was to reaffirm my Christianity, understand that I could call on Jesus, and these abductions would stop, and they have. Um, it's helpful for me. And it was helpful for a lot of other people to find someone to talk with, to talk to, um, just to be able to get it out there. You know, if you're, if you don't want it to be happening, then to know how to stop it. I think that's the number one thing. Um, And I think it's important to just help remove the stigma so people can talk about it and deal with it. Because if you're carrying around something that is so just heavy and so emotional and so damaging and the amount of damage that I've, listen to the people talk about that's happened in their lives is incredible and it's sad. And just because they've been carrying this around and they're you no, know, there's no one to talk to because there's such a horrible stigma behind it. You know, they're afraid if they say something, everyone's going to say they're crazy. So,
1: and I've, and I've gone through that with, you know, I mean, I, I before we started recording I told you about the lights I saw when, uh, when I was younger, 12, 13, whatever it was, I've had some, Uh, significant paranormal experiences with what I can only what only amounts to it was actually my dad uh, after having passed away Um, so I've lived my life experiencing things and I understand that 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 desire to want to talk about it, but the the fear of people looking at you, ridicule, you know, rolling their eyes, and and to be honest with you, that's what that's what pushed me to provide this this space for people to be able to come talk about the things that nobody else will listen to them talk about, and and there are a lot of people that listen to this show, and there's a lot of people that listen to other podcasts that. Ca- you know, cover these same things. Um, People want to hear about it, but giving them a space to do it is, is of the utmost importance.
0: Yeah. I think it is so amazing and great that you are doing this because it is important. There aren't a lot of places for people to be able to share and talk about it and not just that, but to hear somebody else talk about it and be Oh, I get it. I understand. Me too. I've had that experience. I know what they're saying, what they're talking about. I'm not alone. You know, it's 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 one thing to suffer trauma. It's another thing to suffer that trauma and feel like you're alone in the world with that trauma. Right. So when you know that there are others who have experienced things and who have gotten through it, then it gives you hope that you can get through it as well and that you can move forward from it and move on from it and stop it. If that's what you want and do something good with it, you know, turn it in, use it for something good, use it then to help other people, you know, or just be someone who listens to other people. Like, you know, you're listening to other people and engaging people in these conversations that are difficult to have and that a lot of people don't want to entertain these conversations. Mm -hmm.
1: So throughout your experiences, um in in that quest for finding a safe place to talk about these things, have you have you been able to find groups that were um I guess for all intents and purposes, legitimate groups mm-hmm. that that you know weren't weren't looking to fleece you of mm-hmm. of money and you know let let's put you under regressive uh hypnosis stuff like that. It, have you found groups that are Or you're shaking your head no.
0: No, I'm I'm researching a few still because I want to have some things like that to put on the website for people to check out. And so a few people have given me some to look at, and I am going through those carefully. I want to really carefully vet things before I put Mm -hmm. them on my website. There are people that, you know, I mean, so I wasn't, couldn't really find a group. But what I did find were people who were in the same situation that I could talk to through like the making of that movie with L.A. Marzulli, then there were three other people who had similar circumstance to mine and we were able to start talking. Um, meeting people at conferences, meeting, you know, that is a great way to meet people. Go to a conference with yeah, okay. similar, you know, like your your uh, Bigfoot and Bruce conference, people are gonna meet people with similar experiences and interests. And that's a great way to meet people. Um, groups like discord groups, Facebook groups, things like that. I'm involved in different groups like that. Um, but at the time, no. And I was the first time I was able to talk to a couple of other people, I was in heaven. I couldn't believe it. I just never thought I would have that experience of two or three other people who understood because they had been there too. And we were like, yes. And then this happened to you? Yes, that happened to me. What about this? Yes, that, ha-, you know, just sharing these things that other people find crazy or fantastical or too far out to even entertain having that conversation. And suddenly you're with a bunch of people who know exactly what you're talking about. You don't even have to f- describe it completely because they know they've been there. And um, I think there's a lot more people out there who could have those conversations It's just, you don't walk around letting everybody know because they have, they being the powers that be, whether it's the government, predictive programming, what have you, have created this stigma that you're crazy if you talk about something like this. But now our government's saying, well, yeah, we do have the ships. Well, yeah, we do have the bodies. Well, yeah, we do have, you know, everything. Yeah, this is a thing. Yes, we have been, you know, so. You know, I think slowly some of that's going to go away, although I've yet to hear them talk to um, a survivor of, you know, abduction, an abduction survivor. So, you know, we'll see if they go that far, but at least they're starting to have the conversation.
1: It saddens me a little bit that uh, John Mack uh, was lost so uh, so early um, because I, I, I wonder... I wonder where his um, I wonder where his path would have would have led to um, had had he been able to live out his his days. Uh, um, he was
0: a pioneer, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: he, he was a pioneer. He was, um, y- you know, I've I've seen multiple interviews that he had done with um, with people who had gone through an abduction experience and you know the the big thing is you know if you go to a psychiatrist you know they're gonna have leading questions and they're gonna have this and you know implanted memories and you know and agreed that all those things are very very possible you have to be very careful Uh, but everything that i had ever seen from him he was just genuinely interested in trying to help these people get to the bottom of what had happened and after every conversation that he had it became more and more apparent that he was not able to um, just brush brush the dust off of this and say you know it's 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 not it's something else um so it it interest it would interest me to know where where he would be at now with the advent of of the I'll call it disclosure because yeah. there's a not a better word for it. Right. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've gone through so many, as I told you before we started talking, you know, at five years old, I was obsessed with UFOs. So in the past few years, I've been exuberant over, you know, the the idea that there's actually the conversation that's taking place within our government about it. Oh, yeah. But then, uh, you know, om- almost just a couple of weeks ago, most recently, um, you know, you, you have the... Uh, uh, I forget what his name is. Uh, He's one of the house speakers. Um, You know, they're, they're being, they're getting pulled back on it and it's because they're getting pressure from, uh, you know, outside, outside uh, three letter agencies that are, you know, so it's like, I don't think we're ever going to, at least in my lifetime, what's left of it. I don't think we're ever going to get that, that satiating, uh, Yes, there it is okay, right. finally you know right. um, but yeah. I, I think it I think it has helped with opening the floor to people who who are who have a, a little more sack and are able to start talking about it
0: right now I tend to agree with you I don't think I really don't think we'll ever see full confirmation um, full disclosure. I think we're getting bits of confirmation, bits of disclosure here and there, but full disclosure would mean they would have to admit to their involvement, right? And Exactly, and yeah, that's why really they're not going to do. That. There were human <laughs> beings working side by side with these alien entities. So, um, I don't think that, you know, it's going to be in their best interest to admit that they've allowed them to take humans and animals and use them for experimental purposes and take them against their will. I don't don't think that's going to look very good on their whatever next election they're up for or what have you so you know uh, yeah i am happy to see that at least there is more and more confirmation coming out um the uh report that came out in 2022 um it wasn't a new report but that was released um actually confirmed many of the ill effects that people were having from being exposed to, um, it's called acute anomalous effects and side effects for people who had been exposed to um, what UAPs, whatever they're calling them, non-NHIs, UAPs. Um, And this list was, I think it had about 77 different items on it. I think I checked all but 15 off of the list, um, including missing pregnancies. Um, That's and, I was
1: just going to ask. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it was an old list of symptoms that MUFON had put together years before, but they were just using that list as opposed to even compiling a more current list based on their more cor- current findings. So I found that really kind of sad and odd as well that, you know, what we're, what's being released to us are just old bits that they know aren't even up to date, but here's something to keep everyone quiet. But what was kind of good about that was it gave those of us who have been trying to talk about these things, it it was kind of some vindication that, see, I've been trying to say these things were happening, you know, not just me, I'm talking about everyone in this field and people like you. And suddenly they're confirming that, yeah, those things do happen. Yes, we know about that. Yes, that is a problem. You know, so... So there, there are a few little things coming out, but again, I do agree with you. I don't think we'll ever have any kind of a complete confirmation or disclosure at all.
1: If we do, it's going to end up coming through a country that feels that it owes us no favor.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or if maybe that they think that they will be causing harm by doing it. You know, yeah. by, you know we're going to leak all this information and and whether you like it or not kind of thing. So, but I think there's the powers that be have tentacles outstretched everywhere and in places that, you know, that they can prevent a lot more from happening than, than we know. So, so it, it'll be interesting to see if anyone ever does get away with uh, sharing more than they want. But, um, you know, from those of us trying to share, we certainly have our share of problems trying to share this information.
1: Um, I absolutely do. But, so let's, uh, let's kind of get to the crux of it. Um, you, you indicated that these had, had been going on from the time of, uh, kindergarten, preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so give me a timeline from, from that age till when did they stop?
0: Hmm. Just a couple of years ago um it went on until there was a time frame where it stopped there were times when it was more active than others but it was always ongoing um but there was a time frame when it stopped when i was around 18 years old and i first um found my christian faith and then um i fell away from that when i met my first husband and it started again and it was about four years ago, four or five years ago, when I found my way back, really back to my faith, because I had really gone down some um, different paths, and that's fine, you know, but, but I found my way back to my faith again, and once I did that, um, it was just like, how did I forget all of this, you know, it was all right here, waiting for me the whole time, and I was able to call on a higher authority, a higher authority than me, a higher authority than them, to stop it. And you know, and uh, was able to stop it once and for all. Now they still try. It's not like they don't try to show up. They will show up outside the window, or you know, the lights still show up and things like that. But they know that they can't get to me. They can't cross the threshold. I've broken the threshold covenants. And this is this is an area where it would be good to talk to my friend Vicky Joy Anderson. She's been instrumental and uh, helping me with some of these, these things as well. Um, but, and I, I'll put a link to that in my, on my website for listeners too, because she has a book called They only come out at night, which talks about, um, sleep paralysis and breaking those kinds of generational curses and th- covenants and things like that. Um, and it's really not my area of expertise, except to say that I was able to break those things.
1: And and I have to I have to assume by by the way that the conversation is going, that um your your belief in your your religious beliefs are what's behind what's stopping them. And that to me is a that's a disconnect for me. I you know I've I've heard I've heard several people talk about the idea that these things are demonic, mm-hmm. and that they are, you know, uh, in some way, shape, or form, fallen angels and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and I, in my brain, I have a huge disconnect with that. Um, not saying you're right or wrong, and not saying I'm right or wrong um so but it's it's interesting for me to hear from a perspective of somebody that is able to stop ongoing abductions and interactions with with that as as the the mechanism
0: mm-hmm. yeah um well thank you for saying that first of all yeah because you know, I think we all have everyone's entitled to how they feel and their feelings and their thoughts about these things. So what I am sharing is just what I know from my experience, my time with these entities, I spent a great deal of time in their presence and from my study, and I don't have any authority over them, but they have a creator just like we do, but they have the same creator that we do. Mm -hmm. And there is a hierarchy and their creator who is also our creator has, has a, power and the hierarchy and authority over them so you can you know you can call them whatever you want you don't have to call them fallen angels or anything like that um you know when i refer to them in my belief system is that you know god created different entities not just us humans and some of those entities rebelled and fell away and the ones that have rebelled and fallen away are not here to be kind to us. They're not here to help us. They are trying to bring people away from truth. And, you know, I'm, I understand that for some people, their, their interactions with um, non-human intelligence have been good and positive. And I have had very good interaction with um, angelic beings. And I'll, I can talk about that as well, but for these entities that were taking me, I just can't you know, kidnapping a child against their will, a five-year-old child taking a five-year-old boy and implanting him with something, um, leaving him outside his locked house in the cold at night. I'm talking about my friend, Emile Jewick, who was in the LA's fourth movie that I talked about that I'm in, um, taking fetuses from women, not just me, but other women that I've spoken with that are also documented in some of these movies. Um, you know kidnapping people uh, mutilating cows these animals are left with no blood with you know all of their blood drained with some organs missing with certain body parts missing that's it's it's sad it's it's terrifying for the ranchers it's terrifying for the animals it's terrifying for the people for people being taken and children so I can't I can't put my head around those being benevolent actions. If you were to kidnap your neighbor's child, you'd get put in jail because it's Absolutely. not it's not something that's okay. Um, so for me, my experiences then those of my friends, they weren't positive experiences. And then on top of that we get we go share our experiences and we talk about what's happened and there are people out there saying that these are just psychotic delusions. you know, a lifetime of psychotic delusions and we're all having the same one. So you know it's it, it's um, it's a rough road for anyone who has, the, um, the guts who has the, just who has the strength to come forward and try to share and try to help other people. And then I have a lot of respect for anyone who's willing to share their experiences and try to help other people because it, there needs to be someone for people to reach out to. And there just aren't, there just aren't any places to do that.
1: Yeah, there are not many. You are, you are correct there. So I mean, I guess we could spend a lot of time talking about your individual experiences Mm -hmm. and 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 not not that that's not valid or 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 warranted. But I guess while I have you here and I I, I guess this kind of changes a little bit of my um, the direction we were going to go. But. With. With as much as this happens and with the the consistency that it happened to you i have to assume that this you're not just a one off you're, you're there's not something so super special about you and i don't mean any offense that that they would oh yeah we got to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back for this one because this one's really something mm-hmm. i i would expect that that is probably closer to the norm than than the exception so mm-hmm. how are they able to do that how, are you, are you tagged? Are you, um, have you been betrothed to them? Yeah.
0: That's a good question. Um, no, I've not been betrothed to them. Um, that's something definitely that happened back in the days of Genesis six, when, um, the sons of God saw that the, uh, daughters of men were beautiful and took wives of them all that they chose. And they used the word wives and they use the word cleave in the Bible back, you know, in, in those times in the days before noah before the flood um and then in the book of daniel we it's when it talks about the return and the end times and things like that it talks about how um the end times would be like the days of noah and that they would come back but they wouldn't their seed would mingle with the seed of man, but it wouldn't cleave to them there would be no marriage there would be no union like that but they would still be trying to create hybrid offspring like they did in the book of Genesis Genesis six. Um, of course, I'm referring back to the Nephilim and that's a whole nother conversation. So I don't know if you want to go down that road or not. That's not really answering your question. So I'll back, back up. Right, and, the,
1: the, and there's a disconnect for that as well mm-hmm. uh, for me, because, you know, the, the Nephilim, um, mm-hmm. I am not a, I, I don't know the Bible well and so i'm i may be speaking out of out of turn but uh, it's my understanding that when when god decided to lay waste to all of the uh the heresy that had had happened and all the hybridization and mm-hmm. you know the intermingling between humans and animals and all that um that when they when he laid waste to the the nephilim as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: they were they were to live out the rest of eternity without a body
0: right that that's that's because they're because
1: they're because they're spirit correct
0: right so the nephilim that died in the flood of noah the bible tells us there were giants or mighty men of old some were giants some weren't in those days now. and also after that so the ones of that time of noah's day that passed away we know from the ancient scrolls, the ancient texts, the ancient books of Enoch and Jasher and other ancient texts, that they were neither human nor angelic. They were half and half. And so, yes, they were cursed to wander without a body. Um, And they are what we call modern day demons. In fact, all of our biblical references to demons most often show them in living people or in living creatures. You know, when Jesus um, comes up to the man who is possessed by legion and he says, out you know, and they're like, why are you here to judge us before our time? That man is very much alive. And they asked to be cast into the, into the herd of pigs because they don't want to be without a body. They'd rather be in the pigs. So he casts the demons out. That man is still very much alive. And he goes on and, you know, goes off to enjoy his life alive. And then those pigs are possessed. And then they of course run off of a cliff and the demons are left without a body because the pigs were, you know, went frenzied once they were possessed. But no, most of our biblical references show them actually inhabiting live bodies. You know, a, a corpse to reanimate animate a corpse isn't necessarily something that um, would be so easy for them because the corpse is going to rot. It's going to smell. It's not going to have all the good things that a live working human body would have or a live working animal body. I mean, they can inhabit from ancient um, things. We you know they inhabit statues they can inhabit stones they can inhabit all kinds of things and this again gets back into something that's more vicki joy anderson's area of expertise than mine i'm familiar with the biblical verses but she's familiar with a lot more of that than i am but yeah they can inhabit so, all and, kinds and, of things
1: but that causes me can it causes me to question mm-hmm. is like the experiences that you're having where you're being taken into a uh, a somewhat uh, sterilized surgical environment and you're having things done to you you're having um you're you're witnessing you know things being extracted uh you're 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 losing pregnancies you're you know they're implanting things into other people um, why would they have the need for that when they can just do it spiritually
0: well they're talking about I, you know what i mean things. i mean because well demons,
1: I, I guess I, I guess because because in my mind they are two di- two different things
0: yeah they are that's what i'm saying you're right you're talking about two different things here that the entities there are demons which are the disembodied spirits of the deceased nephilim project which can be you know the progeny of a fallen angelic being in a human Those are the demons like we just talked about. But then we're also dealing with fallen beings, beings that have fallen away from the creator, beings that have sinned, have decided not to follow the creator, that some people might call them demonic, but they're not demons. They're just evil. They're demonic. They're fallen. They're fallen away. And they are the other half of that of that equation that makes a Nephilim. So you've got the fallen entities, angelic entities. Some people might call them fallen angels. Some people might call them gods, the mighty men of old, Zeus, Hera, those types of things. Um, And then you've got humans. And when you put those two together, they procreate and create a being that is a Nephilim because it is a cross between human and, and whatever this These entities are, these entities are far more advanced than we are. They've been around a lot longer than we have. They're dealing in realms and with, with powers and abilities that we can't even understand, let alone alone comprehend, even when it's happening to us.
1: Which leads me to believe in my in my small small narrow mind and my my lack of
0: you do not have uh, a narrow mind my friend
1: (laughs) Well, well, but i mean in the big picture in the big picture of our our universe Mm -hmm. is a very small mind so you know i i I get what you're saying but if these things are truly not from here Mm -hmm. then it would make sense to me that even though they have the same creator Mm -hmm. they would not have gone through the same biblical times that we did Mm -hmm. and that the references in the bible to the nephilim and all that Mm -hmm. don't necessarily mean what these are and what these are even though they were most obviously created by the same god that created all of everything Mm -hmm. they're wherever they are from Uh, let's let's just for the for argument's sake let's say they are from zeta reticuli okay so all right just 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 so that we're dealing with two very separate places you got zeta reticuli and you've got earth earth had a a a bunch of people who heard the word of god and then over a couple thousand years they decided to write it all down and put it into a book form and that's the way we're supposed to live our lives Mm mm-hmm I'm pretty certain that that did not happen on Zeta Reticuli the same way it happened here. So their moral compass and their uh, understanding of what's right and wrong, or their their morality, and and that it is going to differ significantly from us. So what we view as being evil and demonic in appearance or behavior to them may may very well just be. This is how we do things, so that that's where my that's where my disconnect between the Bible because the Bible is based on stuff that happens here. Right there, there's no point in the Bible that they're talking about people on Zeta Reticuli or some other planet. You know, so
0: well the Bible actually does talk quite a bit about um, about Mars, about the Kuiper Belt, about about all the vastness of the universe and that type of thing but no you're right it doesn't say that they come from any specific place it, we don't know what they're we know their are dwelling places in the different heavens and the heavenly realms we know there's different levels of heaven and we get into when you really start to study it out there's just so much information out there and most churches don't teach all of that so we're left with the sunday school version our whole lives of of we get the simple the the good verses, the ones that tell us to be a good person, don't sin, go to church, love your love your neighbor, you know, don't cover your neighbor's wife, that kind of stuff. You know, we get to know the Ten Commandments and that kind of thing. And, and we go to church on Easter and Christmas and that's fine. But the Bible is a lot more to it than what most people are taught and what most people understand. And then as far as we know, you know, their story is not our story. You are absolutely right. But their story intersects with our story. Because they interjected themselves into our story. I mean, God has them as his watchers to watch over us. God, when he laid the foundations of the earth, the angels sang for joy. They were so happy that he was putting the earth back together because it was already there, but had been destroyed in a great battle before we were created. And then, you know, so they are referenced all throughout our Bible. But our story is not their story. And our Christian Bible is not there to teach us about these other beings. It's there to teach us about the creator, about Jesus, about his sacrifice for us and about the fact that we get to live in this dispensation of grace and have this amazing gift of eternal life if we want it. And we just have to ask for it. And it's no strings attached and no one has to, you know, you don't have to go out and and um, do anything peculiar to do it. You just ask and it's there. So, the bible is our story it is jesus's story not the story of the angels so their story intersects and they are mentioned throughout it i have to imagine if they had a history or a story it would be volumes we couldn't even imagine you know it would be fantastic and maybe someday we'll get to know all of that but what we have is limited knowledge that we get to work with and and then so we have to seek out you know experts people who know we have to read and for me it's just reading and studying and trying to learn everything i can about it and and um finding you know listening to people listening to people like you and your podcast and and learning as much as i can
1: so what were some of the most significant um good bad um weird um unexpected things that that have come to you through this
0: yeah well, um, you know, one of the most unexpected things I had to say that happened was I had a, a near-death experience. I call it a near more a near-life experience because it was just so amazing. Um, and um, just the the when I left my body and I'm watching everything and and I won't go into great detail because I don't I know we're I don't know how much time we have left so I don't want to to run all of oh, time out on that. Yeah.
1: There, there there's no
0: time limit here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, I was, yeah, I was going in for a surgery and, and it's, it's, the whole situation is very strange and unusual, but they took me in for one of my many, many surgeries and I was actually in the operating room, but I was not hooked up to any machines or monitors or anything yet. And they took me in, but they weren't quite ready. I guess there was a miscommunication with the doctor. So he's still in an adjoining room getting things together. So the nurses are just, put, you know, going around checking things in the room. And I, o- I only had two IV ports in and that's it. No monitors or anything. And, a um, an anesthesiologist came in to give, give me a sedative and she leaned over. And I remember she had in her white lab coat, had this pocket full of syringes and she pulled one out and pushed it in. And then just turned and walked away. And it wasn't a sedative. It was a um, paralytic. And I know paralytics are common in surgery, but that is only once you're hooked up and you've got something breathing for you and you've got people monitoring you. But I was just laying there with nothing to breathe for me and I was alone and um, I couldn't call out for help. My whole body just felt like it turned to cement almost instantly. And, um, and I called out to God to help me. i you know, in my mind, because obviously I couldn't call it for help. It was like drowning. It was like drowning without water. It was the most horrifying experience. And I heard a voice as clear as me talking to you say, it's okay, you can let go now. And just like that, in the blink of an eye, I was out of my body and just watching. I could see everything that was happening in all the other rooms. Like I could see through walls. Um, I could hear everything that was happening i was still me i had my personality that was the weirdest thing because it was still me even though i wasn't you know male female blonde brunette nothing like that just but it was still me and and i felt the most unbelievable incredible love and peace that you can imagine i there's no words to even describe it it was just the most beautiful thing i've ever experienced um and eventually once they got me breathing again, you know, and that's, I won't keep going into that, but, uh, when I woke up from the surgery,
1: oh wait, you gotta, you gotta go into, what was it like snapping back into your body?
0: Oh, everything went just went when they, so I'm watching them. They've revived, they're reviving me. They tried bagging me. They're getting, while they're doing that, they come in and they finally, they intubate me. And as they put the intubation tube down and start the oxygen flowing, everything went black. And so the first feeling I have of being back in my body is when they brought me out of anesthesia and I was screaming, just screaming bloody murder. It was just the most pain I've ever felt. It was painful. Um, And they tried for about four hours to get me out of anesthesia and the pain was so intense and overwhelming they had to keep putting me under so I wouldn't have stroke or heart attack. I did end up having a stroke. That's why this side of my body doesn't move very much. Um, and, um, finally the, about four hours in, I remember just going, God, help me. I can't do this. And there were these two young orderlies, these two young men at the foot of the bed and, um, at the foot of the gurney and they calmed me down and just, helped me through it. They were very sweet. I was talking to them. I remember telling them they looked like they could be two of my boys. You know, my kids are all grown and they're just so sweet and they helped me through it, calm me down. And, um, they were with me up in the elevator and down the hall to the room. And we got to the door of my room in the ICU and my husband and my daughter in law were there and I grabbed their hands and I said, look, you've got to meet the boys. I would not have made it through recovery without them. They helped me so much. And they're like, who? And I'm like, they're right here. And they were gone. And I asked the nurse and the other orderly who was with me, where did those boys go? They were with me. They had no idea who I was talking about. I kept asking everyone. No one else saw them. No one knew who I was talking about. They weren't there for anyone else but me. I was the only one who saw them. But they helped me through a time I, you know, I would have given up. You know, you have that will to keep going. And it was the pain was so great. I just, I didn't think I could do it. And they just came to help. You know, all they wanted was to help. They were sent to be kind and loving and benevolent and help. So there are wonderful benevolent beings out there that show up out of the blue and are just there to help. You know, it's not all bad. It's not all terrible stuff. There's a lot of good stuff out there. A lot of amazing, beautiful stories out there. It's not all... It's not all dark. It's not all dark. Yeah. But
1: so let's get into the darker stuff.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, with that said, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can definitely go down that path. Do you um yeah, you know, I think for me the hardest part of all this was I I kind of for my whole life when they when I was being taken there was a man who was always with me and I call him my handler in the book because he didn't have a name. He had a, we had a knowing, like an imprint, you know, like kind of like when animals have with each other. Um, so I, we were together. He was mine. I was his, is basically how it was. And, and he was kind of my protector. When I was taken, when I was abducted, he showed me. So he
1: he acted on your behalf
0: yes and no he you know made sure i went where i needed to go he was always there to kind of guide me tell me how i had to conduct myself where we were going for that particular time that i was being taken and that kind of thing um i had a very much a stockholm syndrome relationship with him where i felt a bond with him i felt a closeness with him and i felt a comfort level with him because he made me he was comfortable. He was familiar. Um, and but, what
1: did he? I mean, what is he? A, a normal-looking human man? Was he? He
0: looked normal to start with. Yes, he looked very. I do. I describe him in his in more detail in the book, but he was very military-looking. Very tall. He's you know six plus feet tall. He had a very square jaw, um, short haircut. You know, like military kind of buzz cut, um, very, very built, very big, big build, very strong, not overly, not not like a bodybuilder kind of build, you know what I mean? But just a very strong athletic build, um, very nondescript in most ways, you know, just kind of your basic, uh, military looking type person. Um, and he was with me all the time. And I always thought that was so weird that I had this person with me all the time until I started talking to other abductees and realized that a lot of them had someone who was always with them as well. Someone who was, you know, for lack of a better word, grooming us to do what we were there to do. For me, you know, I was being groomed to be a, I think I was there for, um, do for experiments, whatever experiments they were doing at the time. Cause I'm not privy to what they were, but they were taking blood and tissue and other samples from me. They were taking, you know, ovum and things for my, uh, uh, my, um, ovaries, sorry. <laughs> couldn't think of the word. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh,
1: but I didn't. I didn't want. I was absolutely not going to jump in there and say over. No. <laughs> if anybody ought to know it, it should be oh the woman. Gosh, it should be.
0: No, <laughs> it's so funny. I had. I was talking to a woman today, a friend of mine, who had similar experiences, and we were t- talking about that today, and just about the pain that was associated with that when they would extract the eggs, and so. And and I don't know why that just, I think I was just thinking about her instead of thinking about the ovary, sorry, but she had a really hard time with it too. And it just breaks my heart when I hear other women, you know, that that have gone through these things as well and, and they'll, you know, share their stories and, and, um, and she had a real similar story, but, um, he eventually, you know, he was, I was comfortable with him. I had a very Stockholm syndrome type relationship with him, a very capture bonding thing. He eventually raped me. Um, he raped me in front of other people. They did this in a gallery type setting where there were people in military uniforms, people in lab coats. There were other entities, other types of entities around me. And I listened as they warned them that these are the things that will happen to your family, your daughters, your wives, your children. If, if you talk and, um,
1: so I this, was just one
0: of the many people that used for these types of things. And I felt really so this bad was to keep
1: people. them in line.
0: This was, this was to keep anyone who was working there in line. I don't really think the people working there, the humans, I'm sorry. Sometimes this gets a little bit, I don't oh, think I that imagine. the people who were working there, I don't think they knew what they were getting themselves into. And I think that their method of keeping people quiet is was was uh quite archaic but i mean it it was just a way to keep people from talking i mean when i was little and i was trying to talk to people about this and you and i kind of touched on this earlier i didn't know how to describe what was happening to me to even tell somebody because we didn't have the movies and the books and the streaming services Mm -hmm. and the podcasts and the things that we have today all I could do was do my best to describe what was happening the little ones the you know their eyes they're they're the tall ones or you know they look like auntie so and so or you know whatever nobody understood and when I did try to talk about it um they threatened me and they threatened to kill my family they showed me a screen memory in front of you know where it looks like VR almost it's so real it could have been real but it wasn't, um, of my family being beheaded in front of me. I was just a little kid, you know, to to tell so that instead, if you keep trying to talk about this, this is what's going to happen and you'll be responsible. I don't, you know, I'm a little kid. How do you put that on a six-year-old kid for God's sake? That just was, it was heinous, you know? Um, so I was terrified. So I didn't, I never said a word. I kept my mouth shut from that point on. And until a couple years ago, I never thought I would say anything to anyone about it. But I felt like it was time. You know, my kids are grown. I'm not afraid of them anymore. And that's why I started talking.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Forgive me for asking this, but your um your rape in front of this gallery. Mm-hmm. Was that once you had become an adult or was this did this happen as as a child?
0: Oh, it was as a young adult. Yeah, they didn't do that until I was of a certain age.
1: This Sounds heinous to ask this, but uh, was, was there a, did a pregnancy result because of it?
0: Well, I had, I don't know if a pregnancy resulted from that particular incident because the pregnancies were actually inserted. They were harvesting the, 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 the sexual acts were almost as if they were a part of they were more ceremonial to them. They were more part of a darker part of, of what they were doing. Um, The, the fetuses were, as far as I know, were fertilized outside of the womb and then put back in me and then taken out again around the end of the third, first trimester around the third month about the time that a human body would naturally abort that fetus because it would realize something was wrong.
1: So, so you, you you use a phrase in your book, ectogenesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that, that word has been around... From probably the early nineteen twenties, uh, I think there was a gentleman from Cambridge who who came up with the term, and that was basically the 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 growing and nurturing of a uh, an embryo out, uh, completely and totally outside the the human body, and yes. I mean, we have not. There may be some, some weird little science places in other countries that may have experimented with this stuff, or may be doing it. But by and large, the 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 scientific community doesn't recognize that that is quite yet possible. Um,
0: um is it? Because I thought now, and I reference in the book, but I have to look it up. But there's an article and that's been released that the artificial wombs have actually been, um, and this came out uh, last year. Um, Okay. So
1: if, if it is in actual uh, practice, then it's gotta be very recent.
0: Yes. It's very recent that it's actually been perfected and that it's actually doable here, but the artificial wombs have been um, been. And it looks like it was, they're they're still experimental, obviously, but yeah, they have been perfected. They have been working on them. They have been utilizing them, especially with premature babies and things like that. It's become a very pivotal part of of helping some of these babies to survive when they're born too early. But um, artificial wombs is something that was just the stuff of science fiction, but now it's something we can do today. And I'm gonna reference it in the book because when I was taken, I saw what looked like rows of, remember when you go into uh, the pet shop and there would just be rows of um, aquariums on the wall. There were walls that looked like they were just rows of aquariums, but not fish. They had um, fetuses or things in them, for lack of a better word, because I don't know what they all were and I couldn't see them all very close. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And one day I was walked down a hallway where both sides were lined with these tanks with things in them. And then at the end of the hallway on either side, there were doors and went into the door on the right. And they, these, this entity handed me a baby, a little kind of purplish red baby. Its head was larger than what my baby's heads would have been compared to its body. Its head and its eyes were very large. Its eyes were very dark it didn't cuddle. I held it. They gave it to me. They told me to hold it. They told me it was a good baby to take my baby. I held this baby. I held this baby up to me. It didn't cuddle into me. It didn't respond to me. It didn't do any of the things that my children did. I've had, you know, a couple of children. So I'm, I knew what I, you know, would expect none of those things. It was just cold. It didn't even respond to me. I, it was very upsetting. And I wanted to keep it because I realized that this is my baby that I'm taking it home with me and I'm going to do everything I can as a mom to take care of this baby and make this baby right if there's something wrong with it. And they would not let me have it. And and that was very distressing. That was heartbreaking because I wanted it. It was mine, but it wasn't human. It wasn't, it wasn't okay. There was clearly something wrong with it. Um,
1: How did they communicate with you? I mean, what was your, you know, how, how did that how did that happen? I mean, was, oh. was it telepathic? Was it, uh, were there verbal communications? Were
0: Yeah, you... they didn't communicate like we do. There wasn't this, you know, talking back and forth. It was all just thought communication, you know. Or I don't know how it works. I just know that it worked and that that's how we communicated.
1: So I would assume that where you're seeing these, these embryos, these fetuses, um, you're, you're going back to the same place that you had been taken multiple times before.
0: Right. Um, it, that during was a similar during
1: your similar place. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you give a, a description of what did this look like? I mean, was, was it exotic? Did it look like it was otherworldly? Mm-hmm. Did it look, uh, like cement and, uh, you know, doorways yeah. with uh, doorknobs on it yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> sure. I, I guess what I'm getting at is did this look like you were being taken someplace that was uh, I- exotic and, and not man made versus uh, were you being taken into a, a cement bunker that had, you know, obvious man made looking features to it?
0: Right. I write a lot about where I was taken and, and try to describe it in great detail as well. But um, part of it, for many times, um, when I would get there, we taken there by whomever was transporting me that particular abduction experience. It's a huge area. It's enclosed, but it's massive. It's bigger than any airport I've ever been to. I mean, it's just such an open, massive, huge area. And there's just lines of people. And we were all walking towards, um, one particular area where people were being funneled off to where they were supposed to go. And that's usually the point where my handler would find me. Um, I would always just have a sense for where he was. It's very hard to describe that. Um, and go to him and, um, then off to wherever I was supposed to go for that time. Um, for the times that I remembered, um, there were different areas. Once you go it's all enclosed, but it seemed like this area was so wide and so open, it almost didn't feel like it was enclosed. But then once I went through, there were areas like hallways coming off of this huge area, almost like, you know, when you go into an airport and you come up to uh, where they um, security is, and so there's different lines, and sometimes there's different hallways going in different directions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, like lots of different hallways.
1: In the hallway. And how went. how how busy was this? I mean, very busy. Were you?
0: Lots of people. Lots of people. Hundreds. Lots of people
1: in hundreds. the same situation that
0: you were. Hundreds of people. I don't know what was happening to each one of them, but there were hundreds, mm. possibly, of people at a time.
1: What was the mechanism by which you were taken there? Were you put aboard a craft? Were you you know spirited away? I mean, what?
0: I was put what, aboard what was... a craft, and I remember many times being on this craft that had these like bench seats and they have these little almost like grooves in the bench seats where like each person would sit. So it's kind of like you'd fit back into it. Um And there would be these benches and I, I don't even know how many, I'd have to think about how many, maybe it could fit, maybe 50 people or more on each one of these um, vessels that would take, I would wake up on and there would be other people there and, um if you were disruptive or disorderly they had these blankets things that they would put on you and it was like a blanket or a sheet and it would form over your body and it was like a straight jacket almost because you couldn't move it would just like tight just it was awful you and it if people because most of the people were kind of in a sleep like zombie state not even i assume a, a I assume aware the...
1: The majority of the times that you were, you were taken, you were in a, in a sleep state.
0: Sometimes. And sometimes I was awake, but I was just, I knew it was happening and I wasn't even, I was to that point. It's kind of like, well, it's fine because I know where I'm going. I know what's happening. I know I'm going to see my guy who is there. And so I wasn't, there was a point in these that I wasn't as afraid being on those vessels. It was just, part of what happened. Um, and I also knew if I acted out that they would put that sheet on me and I didn't want that. So I was just, I would just be calm, especially when I was awake. Um, what was, what was
1: your relation? What was your relationship after the, the gallery incident with, with your handler?
0: He wasn't the only one there and he, it, I wrote about, how it was with him before and during and after that in the book it was not he made it seem like it wasn't his fault and it wasn't his idea but that because he was there it would be okay because i was comfortable with him so it was a it was yeah, that's like, a
1: piss that's a piss poor excuse
0: yeah <laughs> right but it's like one of those things i don't know if anyone has ever abused you in your life but no there's this thing where sometimes you just, you take the best possible from a really bad situation. Yeah. And it's all you have. And you hold on to that with all your might.
1: And I I'm you know, sorry. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, don't I think mean... it's
0: just, it's just, it's hard to describe, but I think there's probably some people out there who'll understand that. I'm sorry and, that and, and, I get, oh, and, this is emotional. I'm so sorry. Well, no,
1: I, I mean, and I, I'm, I hate, I hate bringing it up.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And I hate keep going back to it, but I, hate I mean <laughs> that that relationship that you had with him mm-hmm. um, had to suffer to some extent.
0: Of course, because yeah.
1: because of that, yeah. how how much longer post gallery had he continued to be your handler, and and was the <clears throat> excuse I- me. Was the relationship much more strained
0: after that? I got comfortable with my role in that because I got to be with him. So it just kind of went on as it was for a long time, for years.
1: Was that that something that he continued to do? I
0: learned that I learned to equate abuse with love I learned to equate you know something that was very wrong but I didn't know any better that's all I ever knew and it wasn't just me it was everybody else everybody else I've talked to in this situation these other women you know, we've, we've been able to talk about this with each other because it's just not something that's comfortable to talk about so I think I'm going to stop talking about this now with you but I will tell you it was just a you equate you you just it's, 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 it's an S it's the same, it's an SRA victim thing where you just, it just becomes who you are and what you are and what you do. I think the same way is, is, you know, it just uh, you survive. So you do it because this is the only way to survive because you don't have a choice. So you just have to find a way to make it okay in your mind and go on.
1: Oh, I'm sorry you went through that.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, it certainly wasn't a pleasant part of my life, but I'm glad that I've been able to talk about it, work through it, and deal with it so that I can have a more normal life and a more normal relationship because these things affect every relationship you have in your life. I mean, there are abductees who are out there on the streets. There are abductees who are homeless. There are abductees who are on drugs or alcohol or dealing with this in whatever way they can, because it's a lot. I mean, I had my first little mental breakdown when I was about six years old, you know, and, and they don't stop coming. Yeah. You know? I mean, the hits just keep coming.
1: Have you ever been reintroduced to any of what you believe to be your hybrid offspring?
0: Yes. I have, aside from the one that they gave me to hold as an infant or as a tiny, I don't even know what stage it was at. I have no idea. A couple of years ago, I was really, I really wanted, I had this, I just, I really wanted them. I thought if they're half me, then maybe there's something salvageable there. I just wanted to know. I wanted to see them. I wanted to know. Um, and, uh, I woke up one night and there were three of them standing beside me, beside my bed. They were about five feet tall. They were really big and stocky, dark, almost like a bluish color skin, reddish, like a purple blues color. Their eyes were black. And, um, I was just shocked. I was really excited happy actually, the second I saw them. And I remember hitting my husband, trying to get him to wake up to see, and he wouldn't wake up. He was just like shut down, shut off. He wouldn't wake up and he wouldn't move. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, you're here. And, and they just glared at me and I just felt the most intense evil and hatred coming from them. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? They're like, you have to come with us. Now they're not speaking with their mouth. They're just doing the same, you know, telepathy type speak. So, and they wanted me to come with them. And I said, no, I don't want to go with you. Um, And they got even more angry and tried to levitate me and pull me off the bed. And I said, no, I'm not going with you. And it just, I was so disappointed and i was so sad because i really just wanted to love them and i there was just no love no nothing they weren't nothing there was nothing loving nothing at all from them it was just all i felt was hate it was just palpable it was so thick it was palpable and uh they wouldn't stop they just kept saying over and over again you have to come with us you have to come with us and like i don't want to go with you no, you have to come with us. And so I'm like, no, in Jesus name, I am not going with you. And as soon as I said that they just, they were gone and my husband shot straight up in bed that second. And he was like, what, what? I'm like, Why couldn't you have set up three, <laughs> you know, five minutes ago when they were here or three minutes, it wasn't very long. It was a short, short encounter, yeah. but, um, I was grateful that I got to see them. I got closure. Um, But I realized that, you know, there was really nothing there for me but them. Um, They didn't have that same kind of love that my own children have for me or that, you know, that most people have.
1: From the sound of it, it it doesn't sound like they were a true uh, 50-50 hybridization of you and them. It sounds very much like they were more uh, feature-wise and... Personality wise or demeanor wise, mm-hmm. like the, like the
0: entities. Correct. Right, right. They remind me of what people sometimes call the black eyed kids. Um, and they would have had to have been in like their thirties, so you know, unless they were freezing my eggs. I have no idea. Like I said, I've no way of knowing how old they would be, but
1: did that what? did that timeline did that timeline of what you estimated their age to be, did that line up?
0: Mm-hmm. Did yeah, it? it did. Yeah, it lines up perfectly with the missing pregnancies. I mean, I would, I would get pregnant and go to the doctor and everything would be confirmed. You know, I'd have the doctor's appointments. hear a heartbeat, sometimes see a baby with ultrasound, you know, just a little tiny peanut. And then at the end of the first trimester, I would wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning and just have terrible pain and go into the hospital and there's no baby. You know they would do a dnc and there'd be no fetal tissue nothing at all and that's you know the doctor would be like ma'am are you sure you were pregnant and i you know it's not like it is today where everything is connected and i'm like i give them my doctor's card i'm like you can call my doctor and she can confirm my OBGYN can confirm that i was pregnant you know because they didn't even know you know believe that i was pregnant sometimes i mean but sometimes they definitely did because i was still testing positive for the hormones in my um, blood so at some point yeah. too they'll test your blood too and then i still had the pregnancy the hcg hormones in my system so you know it just they couldn't explain where the baby was they're like well you must have passed it and not realized it like i heard that a lot and i'm like i didn't pass anything you know i would have known that so yeah but the timing did line up pretty well
1: So your relationship with the the handler, it it seems like he, there was a little bit of a give and take as far as he would, he would give you information um, to some extent.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was definitely give and take. It was kind of, like I said, it was kind of one of those, just like I keep going back to it, but it, it mostly compares to an abusive relationship where, you know, here's a pretty dress so that you're happy but now you know this is going to happen so you know there So was... did he
1: ever share did he ever share with you why they were doing this what was what was the
0: no. he said i was important and that i was important to them and i was important to him and to the program but he no one ever you know i was never treated with the kind of with any kind of respect where I was and where that kind of information, high level information was ever shared with me. no.
1: When you were there in, in your, I guess we can call it captivity. Um, did you ever, did you ever witness or experience seeing any um, collaborative between the humans? Cause you said that you would see normal, Mm-hmm. normal humans who didn't seem like they really wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. But did you see like collaborative efforts between the two species? Right. Um, yeah, they were I mean, just
0: working side by side. I mean, you know, doing whatever they were doing, I wasn't privy to what their jobs were or anything like that. Different people had different looking uniforms. Some people had like lab coats and some people had weird like these um beige kind of nondescript, um almost look like scrubs but not really kind of smock uniforms and some people had on what looked like military fatigues working side by side along different types of entities where they were grays and they're nordics and the reptilian type entities i never saw anyone working with the um the ones that look like uh, insects the insectaline type the only i only ever saw them off kind of in the back of the room kind of watching over everybody but i never ever saw them talking with or working with a human before so but everyone else was just kind of walking around with them working
1: were you ever able to like scream out or um try to make contact with some of the humans that were there around you and you know
0: no i wouldn't dare because i would get in trouble i mean if you were to do something like that if you were to step out of line you're going to be shut down. I mean, I would be shut down, you know, to sleep or put that weight blanket thing on me or be restrained or stopped in some way. So, and most of the people, you know, either you're, you're going along with it because you've been going along with it for so long or they're in like a zombie state. You know what I mean? They're not even aware that you're there. If they are, they're, we know they're probably not going to remember it because they have this ability to just wipe your memory. And for some people it works really well. And for some people like me, it didn't work really well. And also because I was compliant, I wasn't put in a zombie state and I didn't like being put in that state. I'd rather know what's going on as difficult as it is. But I've never seen anyone outside who I was there with, but I have met a lot of people. I'm like, I feel like I know you I wonder where I know you from, you know, and, and um so maybe one of these days i'll see someone or realize oh yeah we were we were there together <laughs> oh, wow.
1: any anything anything in your in your memory that would would give you any kind of indication of where you were being taken
0: mm-hmm. well i definitely know that i was taken underground into an underground facility because we would go in I have such clear memories of this, especially from a very young age. We would get in this elevator and it went down and down and down and down for a long time. And then <laughs> what I used to describe uh, as the elevators that went side to side, um, which I realize now were not elevators, but probably like a high-speed train because we'd get off of that elevator and those doors would open and then I, they would put me into a different... Uh, vehicle and this one, I I called it the other elevator, but it had a seat in it, like bench seats. So I think it was like train cars. But for me, I'd never been in a vehicle that didn't make noise, that wasn't bumpy, that you didn't know you were moving. You know, so it just felt like another elevator.
1: Did these things look man-made? Do they look? I, did they look like they would have been? manufactured or produced by humans or w- was there an element of it that looked like and this just doesn't make sense I don't. Well,
0: it does most of it wasn't anything i'd ever seen before it wasn't anything we had you know so i didn't have anything to reference it to to say this is what something looks like when it's made by a non-human creature and this is what something you know i didn't have any reference mm. points to compare to i still you know really don't so you know looking back it was far too advanced for what we had at the time and still is for a lot of things um but you know it's it's so hard to tell i mean because we can do so much that we're not even privy to the levels of of manufacturing and development and construction that are available you know so it's hard to say it's hard to say
1: so where are you at now (laughs)
0: Well, right now, um, you know, I'm in a good place because I know they can't get to me and they can't hurt me anymore. So now I'm in a healing process and a sharing process and and just a place where, you know, we're talking to other people, um, trying to start a conversation and trying to make it okay to have these conversations. I'm trying to share as much information as I can and trying to get the word out there that this stuff is real. And it happens to real people all the time, real people like your neighbor, real people like your friend, people like, you know, your girlfriend, your daughter, your whoever, you know, you never know who it's happening to.
1: During your time there, as far as the, um, obviously you're not going to be able to give me exact percentages, but by and large, more, more females, being abducted or even Stephen
0: that's a good question yeah I don't I can tell you I do remember seeing a lot of women, but I also remember you know I saw men too, so um what I can tell you now is i it seemed more women coming forward to talk to me than men, but more men than you think. It's a surprising number of men that I have talked to and that have contacted me and reached out to me that this has happened to surprisingly a larger number than I thought.
1: Would you guess that the the male involvement would have been with taking the male part of mm-hmm. of a species and mm-hmm. doing the yeah. opposite that was being done to you?
0: Right. And yeah, they reported that as well. Yeah. There's, yep. They're taking sperm from the men ovum from the women and they are creating modern day hybrids. As crazy to what, as that sounds. To,
1: to what end though? what's what's the purpose? What's the need for it?
0: Yeah. Right. Well, there's a couple of different things. I think, um, one is this gives them more entities that they're building an army. The late Dr. Chuck Missler used to say Satan's outnumbered two to one. He's building an army. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. You know, if you don't have the numbers, um, But don't you
1: think he's learned already by now Mm -hmm. that he's not going to win?
0: He knows he's not going to win, but he wants to take as many people with him as he can. And how do you do that? By deceiving people. And how do you deceive people? Well, you and I both know the more people that you have sharing a message, the more people are going to believe it. So you get a bigger, a bigger cheering section. You get a bigger, get more voices.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I, I, I get it, but the building the army to do what? What, what is it? What exactly is it? All that. these, what is it? All these half breed, hybrid things that there are. What are they going to do? I mean,
0: right? If they can make them look enough like us that they can walk among us, as the as Doctor David Jacobs. Has penned in his book, which I tried to read, but it was a little too triggering, so I wasn't able to read it. But um, if they can get them looking enough like us, they can walk among us, and many people think they do, then they Robert can Bigelow also.
1: Says, Robert Bigelow says they're walking among us now.
0: Right? Then they can parrot the message. Everyone, they can share the message that they want that these are benevolent space brothers, our ancestral cedars, that they are here to save us, to enlighten us, to take us to the next level. And sharing a message that, you know, they're the good guys. I'm sorry, good guys don't kidnap kids and rape women and take babies. It just doesn't oh, work great. that way. So, you know, but if they're if they're getting more and more people to share that message and more and more people, everyone wants to believe in the fairy tale and the happy story and the good story. And and, and so you, you make that story, you get that story out there and you get enough people saying it and that people are going to believe it. And they're going to fall away from the truth. So Satan knows he's losing. He's going to take as many people down with him as he can, because that's his big, last big F you to God, you know, it makes sense.
1: It doesn't make sense to me that God would let that
0: happen. Right. Well, we get,
1: you know, that just, it's like, come on, dude. But he doesn't. As
0: I called on him, he stopped it. So he didn't. As soon as I called on him, he stops him. But look, I have free will. I can choose to follow God and I can choose not to. The same as these angelic or these fallen entities or whatever you want to call them can. Same as everyone else can. We have choices. We get to choose. And we get to choose whether we want to, his protection or not, whether we want, you know, and sometimes he just steps in anyway. So, but, um, See, and that, but he that's the thing. It.
1: i I would expect him to step in anyway because if these things are doing what you're saying they're doing Mm -hmm. and they're they're ramping up a a, an evil army to 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 do this Mm -hmm. and there are uh, millions of people who are uh, not not following because they want to follow because they don't know any better Mm -hmm. then why isn't there the intervention on his part to be like no you know what leave these people alone they don't uh, they they don't know they don't understand quit effing with them and just be done
0: go yeah why did he let him keep torturing job until you know as long as he did because you know we're not god and we don't he doesn't owe us anything yet he still gives us grace he still cares and loves us even when we fall so far and so hard um so i'm not really here to make rules for god and how what the mind of god is because i can't i can't know that but i know he's a compassionate god you know so it's it's a really good question i just don't have an answer for that i'm sorry
1: And and I didn't expect you to. I I mean, I was (laughs) More rhetorical, (laughs) okay? Question versus, you know, it's like, uh, you know, how can you let little little children die of of cancer and horrible things happen to them? You know, just like the abuse that you you sustained as a child. You know, how do you let that happen? You are you are all powerful. You are eminent in in every aspect of 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 our world and our existence. God could stop stop
0: it in a second. He could, but we live in a sinful world. I mean, it happened in the Garden of Eden and it's gone since then. And that's the thing is he was compassionate enough to let us keep trying to let Noah and his family go on the ark and start again and, you know, to give us a chance and to give us an opportunity to have this life and to make what we can from it. But we weren't promised that it was just going to be sunshine and daffodils all the time. There's going to be crazy crap that happens, too. And how we handle it, you know, I mean, I guess I've had to realize how I handle the crap is up to me. And I can either take it out on everyone else or I can take what's happened and try to make something good from it. Because I don't want to spend my life being angry at everyone else and angry at God for what's happened to me. Because yeah. there's a lot of really good stuff in there, too. So sure there is. Yes. So it kind of... You know i have to remember that that i have been rescued when it was to that point you know and there's a reason because god could have let me go and trust me there are a lot of times i I have prayed and said, god why didn't you just take me why didn't i just why didn't you let me stay with you when i died you know i didn't want to come back into this but you know then i got to hold my grandchildren and you know all these amazing things that life brings you and you realize okay you know there's there's some really good things that are worth being here for yeah and we can we can we can heal from the bad stuff you know and i can i wish i knew why some of the bad things in this world happen i wish i had the answers god i wish we did someday we will
1: you know it's it's easy enough for us to follow and and uh, throw our support behind some very evil people in this world now, Um, you know, and uh, I mean, depending on, uh, it doesn't depend, I should say, on which side of the political arena you are on, Um, neither side of us has (laughs) anything that we should be happy or proud of, yet we still garner support for these people. And, you know, I mean,
0: at the center of it all there's an innocent person who's probably going to get killed and that's where my heart just you know hurts because it's not okay yeah it's never okay and and that's i think you have a good heart eric and i can tell that and that's why these things i think seem to affect you very deeply as well so many questions we all have i wish we had answers for all of them
1: <laughs> yeah i do too i really do
0: <laughs> but, uh, that's, but that's I think you're- that's
1: been that's been my curse um you know i mean
0: you're finding more questions I, I can, than answers
1: <laughs> well, yeah and you know in on the off chance that i do get an answer every once in a while all it does is create more questions for me i wow. i can't i'm you know the whole idea of of blind faith and you just have to because um it goes against every not that i'm against god but it just goes sure. against my every fiber of being is like, I, I need answers. I need to ask a question. I need to have an answer provided for me. And, and whatever that answer is, okay, I'm good with it. Just answer my damn question, you know? (laughs) And, and that's the frustrating part for the way my brain works is, you know, I just always have, always have questions. It doesn't, doesn't mean that I don't have a belief in, in a creator and, and all that. Um, because I do, but yeah. what, it, what, it, you know, the next question is, what is that creator? Is, is it right. what we've been told by man that it's God and this, or is it something else? Because I'm know. okay with either yeah.
0: one. I just need to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think we'll ever get to know until, until that time. But what I can tell you for sure is that when I died, my personality was still there and I felt love and peace that is, unbelievable that is just unbelievable and i can tell you that for sure that you go that we go on you know and not without the body you know we don't need the body and everything that goes with it but the the soul and the spirit goes on and the love and the peace was just oh i can't we just don't have words to describe what it felt like it was like being wrapped in the warmest, most comfortable, most amazing blanket you could imagine, but that doesn't even come close to, you know. Well, I th-
1: I <laughs> think, you know, in, in, again, in my small mind, I think that's where we came from. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we returned to. I think, I think we were that before we, uh, signed our contract to inhabit these, mm-hmm. uh, these bodies and, yep. and do whatever the hell it is we're supposed to be doing here.
0: Yep. Um, so Oh no. And you've got a lot of good questions and someone has to keep asking the questions because if we don't ask the questions, we're liable to just be, we'll just be led down crazy paths and, and be controlled by others. And we'll never get to the truth. Yeah. Ask these questions. It's so important. Questions are dangerous to ask the questions and willing to hear the answers too, which they're not always what we want, but Hey, as long as we're asking questions, we're, we're going to be okay. (laughs) We're going to be okay. You know, I,
1: I I preach this uh, in in many of my episodes ask questions yeah keep an open so mind important. use critical thinking it's so important. if it smells like shit and it yep. looks like shit chances are it's, it's a pile of shit
0: yeah <laughs> and you can't just put a carpet over it and walk around it you got to get it out no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's not cool no but no that that's I agree I
1: Karen, I, I want to thank you for, for taking the time. I, I, I feel terrible that I, I got you uh, emotional.
0: <laughs> no, um, it's okay. I, you didn't do it. That. It's what happened to me, not what you did to me. So thank you for that, though. But,
1: but I appreciate you for, for sharing that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that you've uh, started to, to heal from it and that you've found a method that is working for you. I wish that you had a uh, I wish that you had a a golden ticket that you could throw out there for other people like yourself who are struggling um, for a way to find uh, some peace with us and, and come too. to terms with. Um,
0: I do have a place on my website where people can reach out to me, and I well, do answer everyone who sends me an email. It takes me time because you know to get through them all but i will if someone reaches out to me i will do my best always to get back to them because um, sometimes people just want to share their story and so we'll just talk for a little while and share a story um sometimes it's just an email and they just want to you know email back and forth a little bit that's fine too um so you know if someone does have something like this going on they can reach out you know
1: um put that information out and then uh, I will also link that in the show notes, absolutely. Below, so let everybody know where they can, where they can find your book, uh, where they can pick that up, and okay. how they can get in contact with you if they, if they need to.
0: Thanks, Eric. Yeah, you can reach me um, a couple of different places. My website is my name Karen Wilkinson author dot com, K A R I N W I L K I N S O N author.com and you can link there to Facebook, Instagram, or to where to purchase the book. The book is for sale right now exclusively at lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net, Lamarzuli.net and forward slash store. And then also you can find me on Facebook uh, at my name, Karen Wilkinson. And Instagram, it's Karen Wilkinson author because I couldn't get my name on that one. So um, any of those places, you can find me. um, And I have links back and forth to the different places from them. So, And I'll share all those links with you, too, as well, Eric.
1: I appreciate that. I got one more question for you. Shoot. And and hopefully this is going to be kind of (laughs) humorous and not super, super serious. Um, The first time you told your husband. Mm Mm-hmm what was his reaction
0: you know what's funny is his reaction was wow that makes a lot of sense (laughs) it explained a lot of things to him really it it explained a lot Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it's good that you have support
0: yeah he was very supportive he's very supportive he's amazing i'm very blessed in that respect and not everyone is, so that's, that's it's it's good to find find a support system. And if if you are somebody who knows someone, someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, I've had this weird thing happen. I really want to be able to talk to someone about it." I highly encourage anyone out there listening to just listen, just listen with an open heart and an open mind. You don't have to believe what they're saying; just be a friend and just, just be, be a place where they can let it all out. You don't have to solve the problems either. To listen, listening's just. Being a good friend and listening, I think that's important.
1: It is very important, and this world needs more of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It does. And more people like you, Eric. Thank I you. Feel like we're old friends. It was. Mm-hmm. It's been lovely being with you tonight. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you.
1: I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. It's been a pleasure talking to you, ladies Thank and pleasure. gentlemen. Karen Wilkinson, the author of stolen seed evil harvest go out pick it up now if you have experiences that are somewhat like what she's gone through reach out to her again i'll put that information down in the show notes karen thank you so much
0: thanks again eric i really appreciate you have a wonderful blessed rest of your night and i look forward to seeing you again
1: you too thank you Mm -hmm. bye-bye